Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It seems like a suicide mission. The world, the devil, and our flesh are all set against Christ. They're willing to use whatever authority they can muster to try and to stop the kingdom's progress. They're willing to fight in this war, often without any rules or restrictions. Their hostility to Christ knows no end. And into that hostility, right into the midst of that hostility, God sends out his church with two weapons to fight. Both seem to be very weird weapons for war. How are we to bring people into the kingdom to make out of these hostile masses disciples of Jesus? Well, we are to do it with water and with words. Those are our weapons? Yes. Water and words. Baptizing and teaching. It seems like a suicide mission. For we read and hear about forces that are openly set against Christ in various places. There are authorities in certain parts of the world that will come right out and say that they want nothing to do with Christ or his kingdom. They are willing to be ruthless and violent towards the people of God. It's hard to believe that water and words could mean anything in the face of such aggression. At other times, though, the opposition to Christ is not nearly as rough outwardly. Often in our settings, the opposition to Christ is rather smooth and polished. Indeed, movements emerge in our day with logos and phrases that have been tested to make sure that they will go into people's eyes and into their ears quite easily. It's not ruthless dictators, but well-liked celebrities who bring these messages right into our homes. They have such big platforms and seemingly have an endless amount of resources to stand up against Christ and his ways. And again, it can seem to us like a little water and a few words certainly wouldn't have a chance against such a polished presentation. Other times, though, the hostility towards Christ is not even a conscious effort. Those in the world that are hostile to Christ oftentimes are not even aware that that is what they are doing. They don't wake up in the morning and say, I will oppose Christ today. They're just chasing after something they think is good. They think they're protecting themselves or someone they care about. They're just doing what everyone else is doing. But even in that case, we wonder, what could words and water do in that case? Could they really convince a person who doesn't even know that they're hostile to Christ that they need him? It's the same way when our flesh starts to rule. We, again, don't generally wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to try to drive out Christ from my life today. No, we just want that itch to be scratched. We just want to rule ourselves without any restriction. We just want to have what others have. 
But all of that quickly turns into hostility towards Christ. And with that also we can wonder if that water that hit our head or those words that go into our ears have any power to combat that flesh. Regardless of the manifestation of hostility, the devil, he loves it all. He doesn't care what it looks like as long as it is present. Oh, I suppose he has a rather hearty chuckle when evil gets to rear its head in its most ugly and ruthless ways. I'm sure he cherishes when violence and wrath and anger are all that we're talking about, whether it manifests itself at the base of a police car or breaks through a business window. Again, most don't even think any of that has anything to do with Christ and his kingdom. But the devil knows better. He knows that anger and prejudice, disorder and lawlessness, they're all soldiers in the same fight against Christ and his kingdom. He knows that those who live faithfully under Christ and his kingdom have a different life. He knows that Christ's citizens have peace and joy. He knows that they don't just seek their own good or simply want to have their own opinions proven right, but they actually want good for their neighbors. But the devil, he wants none of that. Now, of course, the devil is just as pleased when people are kept away from Christ's kingdom in much subtler ways as well, on days that seem a lot more normal than the ones we've been living through. He laughs quietly in the background as people go about their normal ways and walk further and further away from Jesus. He loves it when people miss church or skip devotions in order to chase after a dollar. He loves it when people will just look away to, from Christ and chase after anything. He loves it when they leave behind truth in order to keep a friend's favor and friendship. He loves it when people get so busy that they don't even think about Christ or his kingdom at all. There is something, though, that the devil fears. Actually, two things. He fears water, and he fears words. Why? Well, because the one with all authority in heaven and on earth, the one who willingly laid down his life and then picked it back up, the one who ascended to the right hand of the Father, the one who poured out the Holy Spirit, he has chosen to place his authority into water and words in the hand of his church. The devil fears these two things, ultimately because he fears the one person who he knows has authority over him, and that is Jesus. But sadly, we Christians often forget the power of these two things. We might say, and sometimes the devil seems to remember it better than we do. We say things like, the trends are all against us. There's nothing we can do. We say, the government, it's growing increasingly opposed to us. There's nothing we can do. We say, people are leaving behind the very basic orders that God laid down in his creation. There's nothing we can do. But if we say that, we've simply become the devil's mouthpiece rather than being God's mouthpiece. Let us instead hear and repeat the words of the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. For he is truth and not lies. 
He says that if we will boldly go out with water and with words, with baptizing and with teaching, he will make disciples out of all of the peoples. Yes, out of the hostile masses, he will bring forth those who trust in him. Know this. The future of the church does not depend ultimately on us getting political power in our country. The future of the church does not depend on us innovating and becoming more slick in our presentation to a lost and dying world. No, the future of the church depends on one thing. It depends on if the church will continue to hold fast to the call of Christ, if it will trust in the water and the words that have been given to it. I'm not saying that if we rest fully in our baptisms and the, teaching of the Christ, teachings of Christ, that we will have no problems ever again. I'm not saying that every pew will be filled. But I am saying that if we do this, all the authority of Christ will be unleashed. And he will accomplish what he wills in this time and place that we live. So why don't we unleash that? Why do we seem at times to be ashamed of these things that have the most power? When's the last time you talked to somebody about the power of baptism that didn't know about it already? I know I don't do it as often as I should. When's the last time you talked to someone about a teaching of Christ and did it to speak to someone not to prove them wrong, but actually to enlighten them to the truth because you knew it would be good for them. I know I don't do that as often as I should. When have you went out with confidence in the water, in the words, even into the midst of those, this world that is hostile to Christ, simply trusting that through that trust in those things and through the activity of using those things, God would make disciples of the nations. You can do that. You should do that. And why? Well, because he is with you always. He is with you every day until the end of the age. He's with you every time you open your mouth and call someone to repentance and baptism. He is with you every time you speak about the joy you have of knowing God's ways. When you speak about how good his ways are. Yes, he is with you even as you stand in the midst of the hostility. This is not a suicide mission. It's a life-giving mission. And we have just the right weapons. Water and words. Filled with the authority of the one who conquered sin and the devil through his life death, resurrection, ascension, and by the sending of the Holy Spirit. The triune God, whom we remember this day, is right there with us as we do this work. Indeed, he goes with us always to the end of the age. You have not been given a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power. If God stands with you, who can stand against you. You have been given a spirit that does his work in words and in water. A spirit that uses those means to connect other people to Christ, that he might be with them always also. So don't let the chaos of today 
or the normalcy of tomorrow rob you of this truth. The authority of Christ rests in those two weird weapons, water and words. So today, confess how you have failed at times to recognize the authority present in those things, and how you have failed to unleash the power of those things in your daily walk. Confess your sins. You will be forgiven. The Father will welcome you back. The Son will give you his forgiveness and his power. He will fill you with the Spirit, which is power. He will place into your right hand simple water, and into your left hands what seems like simple words. Then he will make disciples. He'll start with you. He'll make you a disciple through his grace. And then he'll use you to make disciples of others as well. Amen. And then may the peace of God which passes all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.